0: Welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is your host, Madeline Victoria Moon, and I am on a roll right now. I'm recording this a little bit before the podcast airs, which most podcasts are like that, and I'm in this really like, mmm, ooey gooey, uh, cave-like state of creativity. I'm coming back home, y'all. I'm coming back home home I'm coming back home to my dreams of being a creative with this acting I'm doing now and with writing this book idea I've had forever and even approaching my Instagram writing in a new way of just really wanting to make it as simple as possible like write in the morning something I want to share for the day posting that thing I want to share on my Instagram and then like walking away energetically, like not consistently opening my phone. I'm just really focusing on creating some structures and systems to protect my little creative baby inside. My inner child who just wants to go back into, um, where would my inner child be going? She would be going to the Shire. She'd be one of the Shire, she'd be wearing like corsets and she'd have braids in her hair and she'd be eating honey all day long and drinking honey wine and be singing songs and playing the flute. Like if I could do anything and just transport myself into some magical place, I would probably be in the Shire as a hobbit, just having fun all day long, making love, eating food, singing songs and waiting for Gandalf to arrive on his carriage. But I'm not doing that right now. So the next best thing I can do is imagine it and be creative and allow myself space to just go there like energetically, um, metaphorically, spiritually, relationally, just allowing myself to make up worlds in my mind. And that's what's allowing me to go back to my creativity. So many of us are so blocked. We're so blocked from our creative spirits from writing nonsense, from singing songs that also are nonsense, from like poetry, like poetry really involves a certain level of letting go of what makes sense, the sensical in life. Sensical? Nonsensical? Yeah, that's a word. So that's where I'm at right now of looking at my 2020 as a year of creativity. Maybe that'll be my word for the the year. I never remember my word for the year at the end of the year. So I realize it's not that important of a thing to me. If I can't remember my word of the year at the end of the year, it really shows that it does not mean that much to me. But if I was to have a word of the year this year, it would be creativity. Coming back to my creative heart and the best person right now. For us to talk about this with is today's guest. She is a catalyst for why I am reignited in my creative spirits and being disciplined, summoning up my masculine to create a container for me to flow in my creative spirit again. Today's guest is Maria Stark. Even that name, oh my God. Maria is an award-winning vocalist, composer, producer, performer, and multi-instrumentalist. She is a storyteller, bard, poet, and muse. When she's not on stage or deep in her craft, Maria offers her medicine as a musical midwife, supporting the archetypal embodiment journey of her students. She is a mentor in the art of voice and songwriting, working with those passionate about refining their unique sound and bringing it to life. Steeped in the alchemical arts of womb clearing yes she currently leads her voice of my womb vocal enrichment workshop series globally and online she is a chaser of waterfalls and rememberer of the song of the sapphire i didn't ask her what that was about the sapphire i gotta ask her about that later um i am head over heels for this podcast, we talk about the womb wisdom. We talk about what one of the number one things as women we are healing right now and a a movement we're starting and creating. Uh, We talk about creating stay-at-home retreats, which is another thing I am now putting on my calendar for 2020. Every single um, single quarter, there's going to be a series of a few days where I just delete all social media off my phone, and I have a stay-at-home retreat cooking nourishing meals, taking baths, loving myself, rubbing oils on my body, like shit's getting real. I'm getting very serious about the detoxes this year, not the food detoxes, the energy detoxes. It's happening. I'm summoning in that masculine discipline to make it happen. Otherwise, we'll just forget about it. And this podcast is going to inspire the, inspire the queen out of you, inspire the inner child out of you, big time. And I have received Maria's permission to play a one minute and 30 second clip of one of my favorite songs from her. Uh, I also did this with Trevor Hall whenever I had Trevor Hall on the podcast about two years ago. Oh my goodness, so long ago. And uh, it's very helpful for everyone to be able to get a feel for someone's music before listening to them speak. And Maria's music, oh God, just like feel it's everything I've been waiting for it's so good and I'm so impressed by how much she has I mean this woman really she has taken her calling to heart and she sets the systems in place to to be in her creative flow and you're gonna feel that in this one minute and 30 second clip and I will include the link to her Spotify in the show notes for this so make sure you go over to the show notes for this maddiemoon.com forward slash maria dash stark and click on the spotify link to subscribe to her music you're really not going to want to miss out on this at all today i'm asking all of you to hit subscribe also on the podcast this is the number one way for itunes to be like whoa people like this show. We should put it higher on the ranks so more people see it. So if you enjoy this podcast, maybe this is a one-off. Maybe you heard of this podcast through Maria and you want more podcasts in the realm of the feminine and masculine spirituality and creativity. Open up your Spotify or your iTunes app and hit subscribe and you will never ever miss an episode. Every Wednesday, you'll get it. I've been doing this for five over five years, over five years, and I'm not quitting anytime soon. So when you hit subscribe on my podcast, you're going to be enjoying episodes for a long time to come, and I would love to have you as part of my community. So hit subscribe, follow me on Instagram at Madeline Moon, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N-M-O-O-N, where I post lots of my writings some of my acting clips because I am an actor having fun saying that now and much more so head on over to all those fun places but first things first let's just like all take a moment to slow down close our eyes put our hand on our heart and listen to this beautiful song called ishtar by maria stark stark welcome to the mind body musings podcast i have been obsessed with your music since i discovered it about a month ago i mean all day long in and out it is playing and clearing any negative energy in my apartment any negative energy as i'm walking to the subway in new york like it's just constantly putting me in this hall. Oh, like i mean it's like it's like the ancestral version of lizzo now Lizzo's mm. putting you in this empowerment place of like, girl, I got this, like I can do anything. And then you're like bringing in the spiritual Lizzo energy and it's just like heart opening and amazing.
1: Mm, thank you. I love that, um, that beautiful combo.
0: <laughs> Cause it's like, so not Lizzo, like it's, you're so different from Lizzo, but like the same exact feeling you get, you get from mm. both of y'all of feeling really empowered and And your music nourishes something that feels more like remembering from the past. Mm. I I feel like I remember things from the lineage of women that Mm. is so, I I don't think I've ever experienced that from Mm. music before. Like I've, yeah, like I've experienced it from yours.
1: Mm. Thank you. I appreciate that feedback. And yeah, we, those songs really did come from a deep, uh, dive the music I'm imagining the music you're talking about from the album lineage that all that those songs came from such a deep dive into my own ancestral healing and womb clearing work I like became really obsessed with womb and with like womb wisdom and rites of passage and and I'm like how can I is, like, digest and incubate with all of this information and, like, in integrate it and embody it so that I'm walking in the world from these places within myself rather than feeling like there's some threads outside or behind me.
0: Where were you in your life when these songs came to you? What was happening?
1: I was 2016, and I was... Um, transitioning from working as a music therapist uh, which I loved you know like just in being having been a music therapist for almost a decade uh, but then there was this other call from my soul to go further to take the understanding of music as medicine and and the map that music therapy provides as a as a body of, like, healing work, go, how do I take it further in my creativity? And, and I started working with um, this storyteller named Serena Andrea, who is one of my best friends and, like, collaborators, and she had a whole... Uh, like five-month program called the Yoniverse Monologues where she took a group of us through this process of rewriting our like a true life story about our experiences as women and going into all of this like deep clearing and um, from that experience and, and just doing a five-month intensive in this uh, expressive arts therapy process <laughs> around being female and just all of the looks and the corners and crabbies um, all of these circle songs came forward that were about womb wisdom and and just before that I had been on tour with Scarlet Crow with um, one of my bands with sister girl Mama Crow um, and we had all of these songs that were we were sharing together around remembrance and around you know the like the lineages of women and kind of like the historical references around the divine feminine and like where it got skewed and uh, what is the impact currently on gender alchemy and how we relate to each other in our intimate relationships and like what it was the cultural context so I'd just been in this like dive with her and then into the universe and I was like oh my god and my my girl Serena backstage before we were getting prepared to go on stage to tell our stories in front of audiences of a hundred you know hundreds of people of like deeply intimate you know pussy magic <laughs> like kind of <laughs> stories uh she was we were nervous backstage so she asked me to sing the women into their bodies and so I wrote these songs backstage to integrate the journey we'd just been on and to sing this into our bodies. So a lot of the songs were just seeds that I was like shouting out. They were singing back and they became this, these what? songs, and this body of work. Totally. So
0: you were backstage and you were like, I'm going to sing them into their bodies and this line works and this line works. And then you went out there and you did it. And then later that night, you're like, let's put this someplace on a piece of paper and like, add totally. to it later, wow, yeah. what a process.
1: It was beautiful. It was like very emergent. It was in response to a request, and it was in response to um, preparing to break the silence so that these true life stories could be heard and experienced as medicine by the whole community and bring us all closer together. And so these songs came as a way to weave all of that process together. And it's been so beautiful because those songs on lineage started just to get shared before I'd even recorded them. They were starting to be shared in circles and they, they've woven so me into so many threads and into so many communities and, and became like a real uh, cornerstone for the work I'm doing now. And it's it's been really fun to see like this unexpected because those songs, you know, I'm a songwriter and like a storyteller and I like writing like art art songs, you know, like bard, bard arts, but these songs, they're, they're really different. They're like, they, for me, they're medicine songs or like circle music. They're not where I necessarily hang out in my like deep, per, you know, it's like one voice of my creativity, but it's just been interesting to see that these things that I had to do almost just to document this kind of healing journey I went on have become this, this wave that have has carried. And so I just, I bear witness. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to to feel so many folks connecting with those songs. And mm. It's just an honor.
0: What has your journey been like becoming an artist? Have you always been this way? Was it supported as a child?
1: <laughs> I have always been this way, and I am a blessed artist in that my parents deeply supported me, and my mom definitely went out of her way to create context for me to go deeper into my art and into my music and expression. And it's been, it's something that, um, I've all, I mean, I think a lot of children left to their own imagining are very creative. Um, and I, I happened to be, uh, one who like was so taking a stand for my own creativity and had other people taking a stand for me that it really got to flat to, to flourish. Um, so yeah, I went to you know always as a grade school. I went to a middle school and high school that was steeped in the performance arts, um, like one of those performance arts schools, which was super fun. And went into college studying performance art and, and vocal alchemy. But I, st- I I got into music therapy when I went to college, which just kind of changed the paradigm for me of how I was relating to my reality, and um, and that really opened up this whole other kind of like the bardic arts, the healing arts, the, you know, compassion, communication, intimacy, practice, uh, looking at all of the other things and then how to weave all of that. And then it's just continued to to grow. I've been writing songs my whole life and and really dedicated to it as a, as a craft for, you know, over 20
0: years. What exactly is music therapy?
1: Yeah. For, that's for good... anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> like what is going on?
0: Well, music therapy is a, um,
1: it's a body of work, it's a discipline that is paired with other kinds of um, medicines. It's a holistic health practice. And music therapy is the use of music in therapeutic settings. So um, we go depending on the population that we're working with, we have a different kind of approach to how to work with music to build relationships, to help um, uh, support rehabilitation if there's been traumatic brain injury, or uh, if people are doing deeper PTSD healing. I've worked with people who've had strokes. I've worked with people who've had, you know, kids with um, different abilities, um, autism. People are recovering from uh, addiction. It's like the the scope of practice for any expressive arts therapy is very wide. Uh, but the principles are that we that music uh, it it engages our whole system like there's very few processes that activate our entire neurological um system you know like have these brains that we work that you know we have like our frontal cortex and it does these things and our you know these parts of our brain they do these other things and fine motor skills gross motor skills uh imagination and like working these pieces but when we're involved in a musical process our entire brain machine comes online and there's something really powerful in the contemplation of like wow when we're engaged in creative process and musical process all of us is turned on Mm -hmm. and so it, it it occurs that we are designed to process music in a way that puts us all together like creates this whole um electrical grid that's aligned and on and and attuned so when we apply that to people who maybe they've had parts of their brain go offline it becomes a way to start bridging places that are, are injured or they have gone dormant or to create wow. neuroplasticity because we're engaging our, our body, our memory, our imagination, our breathing, our, our fun. And it's a fun process. And, you know, so many studies about learning and say, it's like, well, you can learn something after 400 times of repetition, unless you're playing, then you can learn it in 10 or 20.
0: Oh, so yeah.
1: it engages that part of us that, is designed to play and designed to communicate and connect and create harmony. And so it's really a body. I love it. Like music therapy is such a, a powerful body of work and the, the, the philosophical roots of it as a modality are, are so pure and universal. And it's just steeped in like human beings connecting with each other and celebrating life together. Mm. No, yeah. matter, no matter what's going on with you and you're unfolding, if you've got injury, if you've got, had harm, if you had emotional, whatever, like you're invited to come be in the musical experience and that starts to create a, like a repairing.
0: God, it's so, it's so beautiful how powerful music truly is. Like what would mm-hmm. life be like without music? I just can't even imagine it. Yeah. And there's, that's how I really get into my own embodiment work is mm-hmm. handpicking certain songs that feel like they're going to help me touch the parts that need to be touched that day emotionally Mm -hmm. and and making that a sacred practice in itself of choosing these songs and then Mm -hmm. getting on my mat and moving my body and processing whatever needs to be processed but truly it's running on those songs I pick like Mm -hmm. my practice is really I don't think I ever emphasize this really but how I move my body is 99 percent based off of what music I'm picking to mm. move to that day. If I'm picking, I don't know, Rage Against the Machine, I'm gonna be releasing a lot of anger. It's, it's just, I mean, that's how it works. But mm-hmm. if I'm picking songs that remind me of when I was 13 and I used to listen to that music at the same time I was going through that thing with my family, that can take me back to that time to actually heal that thing when I was 13, going on mm-hmm. with that thing with my family that I never really knew how to heal. Mm-hmm. So it can transport us. Totally. Music is amazing. It you know, like
1: it takes us it's it's this thing that exists in time, but it also exists out of time and it's these like time portals because like yeah, our memories we like time map the whole experiences that and then these songs can activate this whole nostalgia process and it is really healing you know it's like you can just revisit something transport it and if we're at a later stage in our psyche development we can integrate emotional processes that we haven't had the bandwidth or capacity to understand before but now we can like see it from more of like our mature adult side and like welcome those pieces back. And so some, a lot of music therapy processes include that. It's like certain, you know, taking songs that we love, looking at the lyrics, feeling the emotion, like going into the, the depth of, of feeling, you know, and it's so much like we, we, we're such powerful animals we're like create all of these identities and how we work with feeling and sometimes songs can just bust through yeah. all of these like crystallized selves that we like have adapted to function and survive in, in society and with expectations or whatever. And sometimes music can just penetrate through all of that BS and, and connect us to something so much, you know, more pure and essential to who we actually are. And I think that like when we, we have, we can start building bridges to these other parts of ourselves. We can start coming online and, 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 and working with more of what we have, you know, mm. just inside of us.
0: Yeah. I believe that a two minute song can touch something and dissolve it in the same way that like 10 years of just talking about that thing, you know, know. so you can, you can listen to one of these songs, move your body, touch that part of your heart. That's trying to open to that or Mm. not. I mean, I'm all for therapy. It's great. And it keeps us in the headspace and things Mm -hmm. like music and sensory experiences get us embodied in the body. Mm-hmm. So, how do I phrase this exactly? This is a big question. Um, but I I want to go into like your mind because I have a very strong intuitive hit that you know a lot about the lineage of the feminine and of women. And mm. I'm curious what are you feeling is one of the biggest things as women we are collectively healing when we do ancestral lineage healing and work
1: (laughs) there's a lot to be said here I think one of the I can speak from personal experience and and what I gather from working with so many women Um, number one I think that women are at a at a point where we are noticing that our natural time is different than what the like, collective time relationship is, that like modernity and the pace of modernity does not actually match a, a female body sense of time. And that one of the ways that we are reclaiming our voice at this time and reclaiming our embodiment is to really be in a deeper relationship to what is my natural time? Who am I week by week based on the hormonal song that is playing in my body? What is actually optimal for me One week is different than what's optimal for me. The next week is different than what's optimal. The next week is different than what's optimal when I'm bleeding. And I think that this is one of the most essential nutrients that women can start to reclaim within their beings and start bringing that balance back to the song of the village. Because so many people, I think, are missing the juiciness of um, the female presence when she is connected deeply to the song of her own body and one of the ways that that manifests is, is expecting us to be expecting ourselves to be full a full moon when we're a new moon or expecting ourselves to be a waxing moon when we're actually a waning moon and the, and the idea that Um, the kind of productivity and focus that I have in a week when I'm like in a dynamic phase of my cycle or when I'm ovulating, that if that doesn't carry over the week before I'm bleeding or when I'm bleeding, that there's something wrong with us rather than there is a natural creative cycle that half of the population goes through biologically, that is a match for what happens in the natural world. And we've disconnected so deeply as a culture because our priorities have been about accomplishment and um, the bottom line and the very strong linear thinking. And it's been an imbalance um, that has taken its toll on women's wombs. It's taken a toll on women's bodies. It's taken a toll on relationships, it's taken a toll on family systems, and it's one of the causes, I believe, of a lot of the womb diseases that we're seeing and um, and it's creating a quality of life that is um, a <laughs> Yeah, I think it's harmful and I think it's creating a lot of soul sickness. And so and, and for me how I perceive it in the great song cosmology of the, the of the guy in grid, so to speak, is that we're not actually singing our song like we're not using our voice coming rooted deeply from the source of value of who we are as mythical song beings as a female bodied individuals which is very different than our masculine counterparts um, that we are not using the voice that's deeply connected to that root system and so there's a miss there's missing tones in the song frequency of what would actually be a, a pitch match to what what the like the Natural world is calling forth from us, so I think that that is one of the key pieces around doing ancestral work um, and womb clearing work. Is where where in my lineage of of mother, father of, of time did did we disconnect from the womb? Are there unmourned losses from the womb? Did we? If, are there ways that women's wombs had to to carry the the ungrieved losses of the village? was there a place to mourn openly those things or did they go into silence where their veils and cloaks of invisibility put on the female voice and the female knowing and knowledge as a survival piece as a way to just navigate the wars that were happening as a way to hold things together while the men were off and fighting and the women were at home and having to like just deal with the, the things and then post war you know all the women coming online to like do the work and this whole revolution of feminism and like we're gonna take our equal place the seed of earning and of like having our voice matter but then like is that coming online on top of all of this unprocessed rage you know so there's all that's
0: of this- so good <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh can we can we zo- zoom in on that because that's totally. yeah like you just hit something that um I was talking about this the other day, trying to put it into words and you're bringing it full circle around sometimes when I talk about feminine and masculine and Mm -hmm. how it's a gift for the feminine because we're powerful as fuck. And for us to be able to choose to let go with the chosen conscious king Mm -hmm. and for them to lead us into places maybe we can't lead ourselves, like that's a gift to me. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like anything's being taken from me because I'm so – I, f- I feel so self-assured that women and men are equal in all ways, and I mean mm-hmm. like in value. Our gifts mm-hmm. are different, but in value we are. And um, I still get heat from women who will read the things that I'm writing and I get it because sometimes it's out of context. They're not following my message and hearing all the ins and outs I'm sharing about the feminine masculine. They just see that one post that's about like, <laughs> submitting to your king out of choice. And then that triggers something within them of like, how dare you, that's not serving us as women to, Mm -hmm. to, um, be led like, fuck, fuck you for that. And then I'll, (laughs) I'll try to like share with them, you know, hold on. It's, it's not what I'm saying. Like you're, you, you can listen to my description on a deeper level or not, but, um, coming full circle to what you're saying, it's, there's an energy of, that of the unprocessed anger underneath and on un, would you say like not not cleared not healed that leads to we're putting all of this rah 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 we can do everything we want to do we're all equal we have the loudest voices on top of that right that anger. yeah
1: there's like unwarned there's unwarned there's unwarned shit and and the uh, it's like the causes of imbalances have not been deeply mourned and held in in a, in a way where it, everyone involved can bear witness and mourn together. And so there's all of these, I see strategies on top of that to like problem solve and do the thing and it creates this depolarization between the masculine and feminine. I, I feel you, I, you know, I love, I love the, the, that David Data lineage of perspective around the the play, the divine love play between the masculine and feminine and the, like, feminine heart being led by the trustable king. But, you know, for a lot of women, I'm imagining, they haven't had a great example of a trustable king. And so they're, like, submit to what? The jester over here? They're, like, fucking, like, boyfriends? Like, I ain't, like, submitting to that shit. Fuck no. Totally. Um, (laughs) I get that. (laughs) that's so true and so it's like how do we call forth our kings and how do we as as women who who want to like summon forth the the availability to be guided and led you know it's like how do we make ourselves available to be met in response to that and like what is the field of energy that would give rise to the like any way that the masculine shell has like held back his king because he's also still in his archetypal, like, evolutionary process, you know. Like, and so, from my perspective, the great work that women get to do is deeply steeped in this womb clearing stuff because that is actually what clears our womb of the energetic signatures that are holding on to these resentments and these um, misalignments around our own voice and our own boundaries and the ungreet, mourned losses of our mothers and our ancestors. And it creates a space for us to actually arise new with a space open to, to, for a new vision to come forward. But if we are arising with our power on top of all of this upset, that that is going to be the frequency range that we're going to keep meeting Mm. our beloveds inside of.
0: Oh, so true. How does one heal, do the womb clearing and healing if they don't have any resources to know in their particular lineage or they're just out of this loop of like, I don't know what happened in my specific lineage to mourn, but I feel this deep, I feel the deep mourning, but I don't know what it is. How do they go through the process of clearing the womb, mourning what needs to be mourned in in a container without knowing the specifics.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, this is and this is like kind of this, the big steep of a lot of the work that I do in person and in some of the courses that I teach is that like we take women through different rites of passages and different explorations and inventory processes around what are the stories that they know and what are the stories that they don't know so that we can actually under start to understand what is there to know Mm. what it, what's possible in the knowing that my, my body knows, um, what, what are the stories that my mother, like, have I even asked my mom, you know, do I have access to my mom? Have I asked her about her stories around her womb? Am I even relating to my mother as a mother and as a woman, or am I relating to her as some weird parent figure? You know, that's still like, am I still like inside of a construct of my own mother that is, has dehumanized her, you know, and so there's, there's a lot of layers to this at how we can start to un, unpack that. And I think for, you know, there are sometimes we don't have access to, to those, that level of intimate connection with our parents for whatever reason. Um, and so that is also information, you know, and I think that with any of the nervous system and like somatic healing stuff, it takes time. It takes, um, well, you know, it takes slowing down and asking and listening and some of my favorite ways to do it are are yeah like through we were talking about this before we got on the phone but like through toning and through embodiment work and through starting to use the voice as a way to connect with the parts of myself that I believe I don't have access to and actually just start calling forward from my body hey is there any information in my body that I need to know in order or are there any somatic pieces in my being that are calling are like what what quality of safe space do I need to create for myself so what is inside of me that's dormant or that's being held back feels safe enough to emerge on its own so it's not like a, a hunt you know it's not like a treasure hunt of like digging through like where's my trauma where's my trauma it's more like how can I create spaces where I'm somatically available for the flowering of truth to arise.
0: What does that mean exactly? Creating spaces? What would that Well, I like? think...
1: Yeah, what... How do I... I think... And I, this, again, comes back to a lot of, like, uh, how, how much time do we take to just be with ourselves?
0: <laughs> um, and like, I imagine you being an artist, you actually... <laughs> cut out time for like just being because that's where things arise for you i'm making the assumption i have
1: to you know i have to and it's a fight you know because i think a lot of us were so distracted in a digital world with social media and with like if you're an entrepreneur with like constant creative content output and like queuing up with all of it like that takes a certain quality of attention and like bandwidth that doesn't give a lot of space for, board, for boredom and, and reflection. And so for me to create, say, and then that runs on top of this energy, which I was talking about before, which is like, go, 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 do, 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 accomplish, 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 push, 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 further, further, further. And that doesn't stop unless, you know, take the time to, to create a halt. So one of the ways that I create space for myself is I will several times a year take, times where I'm completely unplugged from the internet for my phone and I'll take, and I'll take, you know, for a couple of, even if it's just one day, but sometimes I'll just do like six days, seven days and go on personal retreat where I am doing a lot of inventory. I'm writing every day. I'm, I'm just being with myself. I'm doing different meditative practices and I'm asking for my subconscious and for my like spirit to reveal to me, like, what is my system holding onto as as far as like emotions that I haven't processed it for, or or memories that I've been carrying that have actually been creating a field of energy around me that is contracted, um, and so that's one of the ways that I cre- I create space for myself is just personal retreat, um, and, and I started. About-
0: Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's one of the ways. And just like my, you know, I do dance practice. I do spontaneous mm-hmm. song practice. I have personal practices that I, put inside of those times for myself where I'm literally creating a space, whether it's for 15 or 30 minutes where like now I'm in a womb, I'm in a womb of self-discovery. So this mm-hmm. is a space. Like I'm popping a sphere around 15 or 30 minutes of time where I get to fall apart, where I don't have to know the answers, where I don't have to have the clear vision or I get to just explore my mammal body and like my weird mm-hmm. uncooked shit.
0: Mm. The mammal body. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask. What about like on a daily basis? What are those? I'm like I'm because I I get so sucked into aimless, pointless scrolling and social media, and it goes into not that I'm actively comparing my content to theirs, but subconsciously there's something going on there of like perceiving how many other people are producing content day and day and day in day out and it's just overwhelming and then it leads me somehow to just scrolling even more Mm -hmm. and that pulls me out of any potential I would have for thoughts and feelings to arise and come up for me and I create these structures sometimes and then I just lose I lose them like Uh I'm not I'm not disciplined with creating these every single day structures for like what you do letting go of social media for one day or six days that would be so healthy for me. And the retreats as well, I'm hosting them. I don't always take time to do them myself. And there are uh-huh. things that I'm like, I need to do that. And then I'm like, oh, but I should host one instead. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I'm, like, I'm, re- I'm <laughs> coming back and remembering like these are really important things for a creator, for humans, because all humans are creators. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just don't know it because we have so many things and so much shit to do piled upon that time where we could be creating. Yeah, well, and it's
1: that game of, like, entropy, entropy, like, it's like, how do we, like, the whole, like, one of the things that I keep coming home to is one of the bass notes of the song of my life is that, like, creative inspiration and spark emerges from the void, it emerges from the silence, Mm -hmm. and often it'll pierce through the entropy, but entropy, like, you know, like, entropy and order, right? Like these is, it's kind of like when I think about the heart, you know, in Chinese medicine, like an order is one of the, the values of the heart it creates peace it creates this calm fire entropy creates all of this like extent like excitement and like kind of anxiety and so we have these like two heartbeat like this beat of life this entropy and order this boom boom it's the,
0: it's the feminine and masculine it's feminine i've never masculine. heard of it like that entropy and order it's so beautiful i've got it right. and
1: so when we have these moments of epiphany right like creative epiphany it's almost there's this like moment of coherence from the, from the entropy, but entropy will never, like, end, like, we cannot fight the end of entropy, like, it is, we either embrace and become really good friends and have an incredible sense of humor about the unending, inevitable Stuff, like dust will continue to gather like the leaves will continue to fall you can rake your yard and the next day there will be shit all over it. Mm-hmm. And like there is just there's no end to that. So how do we as creators a get peace with that um, B not let it take over our dreaming mm. um, and 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 hijack our genius that like we're trying to control the uncontrollable but how do we come into ba- a balanced relationship with it and I'm like well here it is these this is the game board that I'm opting in to play uh, this game with and then if I am in a creative flow awesome and to, you know, I'm sometimes going to fall out of a creative flow, that's entropy, and uh, and I'm going to go into this, like, weird thing of, like, comparing or whatever, and, like, that's very human, and so how do I pull myself out of that faster, take the space, right, like, how do I create space for myself to just be, like, listen back to my own spirit, and that's why I think, like, these boundary things, right, like, how do I create a psychic emotional spiritual boundary place for myself so i can give birth to myself and how do i do that in daily practice Mm -hmm. through meditation or, or creative practice or you know qigong is one of my favorite ways to do that or i have like vocal practices that i do how do i stay connected to those places that are nutrient rich for me and i'm not doing it to, you know, for an Instagram, like, you know, like I'm literally doing it to reconnect to the fact that I'm a human being in this like weird holographic, beautiful, dreaming reality. And I get to be an active player in that. Um, And I need to take time on a regular basis, at least I personally do for to rehabilitate my creative um, child or else i like she will get lost in the matrix of like constant information mm-hmm. it just happens you know and and there's nothing wrong with me about that it's designed that way it's designed to hook into my addictive patterning and so it's, it does a great job and so now that i know like it's it's up to me as a you know as a someone who wants to increasingly take responsibility for the machine of my brain body um, to know what kinds of programs get h- hooked in there and do and take care of the software and the hardware sometimes, so I'd be like, hey, hey, hey here I am, here I am, like free of all of the conditioned other people's thought processes. <laughs> oh
0: do you God. have support when it comes to your business for social aspects so that you can be uh, protected or do you handle I'm, all that yourself?
1: I'm like, I have an assistant that's starting to come online and support me a little bit. I, it's mostly been me and um, it's, in, you know, it's growing, like everything's growing. I, I I'd say it's it's for the social aspects. So it's mostly me like interacting and like creating the things and creating the flow. So I've just had to get to, a, I'm increasingly coming to a place where I'm like, I'm going to do this for me. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to post and create stuff because I like to create stuff and share. I, I, I it's, it's either going to be because it's evolutionarily fulfilling for me or I'm not going to do it. And so how can I build an a relationship with what I'm sharing on social media that is about my own evolution as a soul and everything else can go fuck off.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Do you have any favorite places to go that revive you creatively the most when you speak of retreats and and just getting Mm. out?
1: I love waterfalls. Anytime I can like hang out at by a waterfall, I feel like mm. a little like 5-year-old in a happy place for sure. Mm. Um I also just love uh I love being in my room, honestly. I like to like I like to veg out in my room, mm-hmm. but in a place where I've like turned everything off and I'm like nothing can get me for 5 days. The and womb. it's
0: the womb room. It's,
1: it's the womb room, you know? And it's like it's not easy. I'm I will I will say that Taking creating a three-day retreat, a five-day retreat, a seven-day retreat of unplugging and, and being disciplined around it is very revealing to the the habits of the mind. Like it's not an easy task, but it is an, an incredible spiritual gym.
0: <laughs> I, I it's seriously, like I imagine I would be like, hmm, I'm hungry. What do I want to eat? Can I turn the TV? Oh, maybe I should scroll. Like I'll notice even When I'm walking, let's just say I'm getting out of the subway and I am just plain old walking, just a normal everyday thing. I'm just walking. (laughs) I will notice this knee jerk reaction to open my phone. I'll need to find my phone. Where's my phone? And it disturbs me so Mm. much. And yet it happens so subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And it's, i don't know i'm just i'm i'm looking at it more and more this has been a year of me intentionally mm-hmm. i used to post on instagram twice a day no matter what twice a day morning and night and now i just post whenever i do feel inspired so i've worked on that a lot this year of detaching from that but now it's given me the space to see the patterns of my body and it feels like their tricks and tactics work like so well to get people addicted and it's talking bullshit and i'm sick of it and i'm (laughs) this because it it inhibits us um okay i wanted to circle back just for a moment about you talking about this was the first thing you said it must be very important of Mm. allowing yourself as a woman to have different phases every week being able to yeah go from one phase to the next to the next for most people, is it the same? Whenever the moon is waxing, you're going to be energetically waxing or do you have to find your own? There's, I, I use the
1: moon cycle as a map of, of like the emotional energy. Women bleed at all faith times of the moon and it'll change depending on the woman, it'll change depending on the year. Um, and so that's not like a, a fixed map, but what is um, there are cycles within the hormones and there are like studies that show commonalities that when, you know, and, and these are some of the womb mysteries that I love to work with. Uh, and there's a great book. I'll, I'll do a plug called the optimized woman by Miranda gray, who is, who wrote this incredible book on working with your moon cycle as an entrepreneur female. <laughs> and I recommend everyone read it men and women and non-binary folks that bleed or don't bleed like just to like tune into what half of the you know what half of people are are going through there's a bunch of books on moon cycles but I I like that one because it it gamified it, you know it was a game I got to go through a 28-day process of like tracking every day my my moon cycle and like what was really strong that day and what was harder to do and what what I'll share and I've done a re- a blog around this um the rose tube is that there's four main cycles that women go through within a, 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 a moon cycle or within a blood cycle which just like 26 to 35 days generally sometimes longer shorter depending on what's happening in a woman's body um but typically we'll we'll be in that 28 day range and the first week after we're done bleeding tends to be a time when we have our we're like most single-minded focus where there are in our most strongly like masculine time um we have the most uh uh in like vitality in terms of um being able to get shit done and be having a really clear head about it and like making rational choices and logical stuff and just doing it. You know, we feel really good. We've just like come from bleeding. We're just like, Oh, I've got my energy back. I've got my mind back. Like I can think straight. I'm handling it. And so a lot of women handle a lot of stuff this week. It's really nice. And then we go into ovulation and we're like magnetic and we've like our face is symmetrical and we're like calling in potential like, you know, like, mates, and we're, like, very, like, relationally charged, we're the most intuitive at this time, we're very um, intuitive to other people's feelings, we're very, like, um, we're big yes, and, like, supporting people, and this is a time when women could get pregnant, it's a time where we could conceive of big ideas, we're very, there's this, like, very traditionally this is the cycle when that is most associated with women with feminine like the goddess like big curvy like magnetic like sensual vital energy Mm. and this is a time where we could over we can overcommit, we can say yes to too much during our Uh ovulation and be like i can of course i'll do that thing oh yeah 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 um oh yeah you can have all these things so we got to watch out for making long-term sacrifices or like giving too much away during this time Um, because we in that not good mood, and uh, and then right after this time we'll we'll hit a dip, you know, and then we'll go into this third phase, which is more the like wild woman phase, the creative phase, and this is the phase that a lot of people you know, we, we shift, you know, I'd say like those first two phases were like waxing moon, full moon, right? Then we go into this like waning moon phase where we have a drop like we still have this strong drive, but we don't have the same amount of rising energy or energy is actually starting to wane, which can be very creatively frustrating. Plus our, our, our mindset is we're not as rational as we were before. We're actually in a less rational Per like place so women can feel like people say like oh are you about to bleed right now is it almost that time of the month because we can it we're starting to digest what is in the unconscious so this is a time when we can actually see what's not working we can start to really because we can feel it, the inner tension of some of, of what's not been going right so if any systems that we've been acting like working with like in the previous two weeks if we like had started a new project like two weeks ago to now we can see what's not working from it and it can feel or seem like something's wrong Um, but it's actually the part of our tracking that's available to digest the unconscious information and so we'll start having realizations around what's not working or like what doesn't feel good and where our hormones are starting to like drop and kick and we're not as connected to the like stream of Of focused energy and then and which our culture values so now I'm in a place of my cycle that is not valued it's and so now I'm not it's it's harder for me to value myself in this cycle and yet this is a time when we have we can be very creatively prolific we can have huge incredible insights because we're not in a rational state we can have out of the box thinking like suddenly we can make connections about um about and problem solve in a different kind of way, and so it's incredibly valuable time. Um, and so it's reconnecting to the value of that, and not expecting it to look like it did a week or two weeks ago. And then we move into our bleeding time, those four weeks, which can it's a time of deeply restful, um, like low. Uh, uh, productivity, and it's a time when if we give ourselves the time to rest during our bleeding time, it's so powerful because our brain is most in a theta state. So we're in this like natural, harmonious meditative state. And even though a lot of women experience pain during this time, it can actually be a huge relief. Of the hormones that have been like building and the like the tension release because our blood's clearing, our liver's clearing, um, all of this clearing energy. And if we rest, this helps to reset the yin energy for the whole month. So the more we rest during the, the days of our blood, the more we set ourselves up for success for the month to come because our kidneys can restore, our blood can clean, our mind can clear. We have those inner knowings, we can listen into the depth of like now i know what i need to do and it's a time when the the inner voices of our intuition really speak to us and we can make, we can really let shit go during this time we can really know okay this is no longer mine to, to hold or okay i'm going to hold this but i need to hold it in a different way and then that next week we can start the new plan and so we're going through this creative cycle every month. Like it's so beautiful, like we're going through the growth, the bloom, the decay, the dying, the reborn. And this is just, this is the map and the song of the female body. And it's profound and beautiful. But our culture does, like half of the cycle of that, our culture does not value. And so we have so many women walking around who don't value half of their creative process. And so. We We wonder, like, why have we been shut down? Why is there so much repression? Why does our womb hurt so much when we're bleeding? Maybe because we're not fucking resting and taking the time to care for our bodies when our bodies are asking us, they're begging us to slow the fuck down during this time so that we can receive the wisdom that is trying to come online so that we have the new clarified vision to bring forward in our work.
0: Hmm. I have had these phases explained on the podcast several times mm-hmm. and I'll be totally honest that a lot of times when I hear it, I'm just like, huh, that's just, just so much you're giving me <laughs> the way you just described it made like everything makes sense. Now I feel so much more comfortable going into, cause I track my cycle and now I'm like, okay, got it. Cause it's, this is what the first week is like, go, go, go get shit done, feeling really motivated. Second week, You said this is when it's really feminine goddess energy, ovulation, we're magnetic, we're relationally charged, and then we're kind of like going into this wild stage, we're feeling a little bit less rational, lots of goodness to come, and then rest. Mm -hmm. It's really quite easy whenever you just look at it like that. (laughs) Um, is, is, Is the time that you typically take away from social media, is that typically during when you're bleeding when you're the rest or is it actually like the the the, the week after when I mean well was- I I do I do my retreat I
1: schedule my retreats annually when I do the longer retreats although I do try and rest as much as possible when I bleed every month hmm. um, sometimes I'll take I'll be less on my phone sometimes I won't be it just depends on what I'm what I'm up to but I love Unpl- I love going into the lodge when I'm bleeding, and the more and again, if when I do take the time to go offline during that time, um, I just come out with I come back with with clarified vision. Mm. It's just it's the time when I have access to my my most deeply unconscious um, insight.
0: Yeah, what's been yeah. going for you? Yeah. Oh. Okay, I've got a couple Divine Deep Dive Round questions for you. Awesome. Before we go there, where can people connect with you online? Yeah, well, I have two websites. One
1: is my creative um, artist website, which is maria-stark.com. And Maria is spelled M-A-R-Y-A. You'll see it on the podcast. And then I have an uh, academy site, which is the RoseBardAcademy.com. And that is the site where I um, share about my mentorship work, working one-on-one with um, women going deeper into creating these portals of, of, of time for themselves and their creative visioning and i also that's where i have retreats and my online classes where we go into this stuff that i've been sharing on the muse and on on womb clearing we
0: go into all of that stuff deeper amazing i will have all of that on the show notes for this episode awesome maddiemoon.com forward slash maria dash stark all right divine deep dive round question time this one is, the f- number one is really hard i'm sorry Um, If you had to pick one archetype that reflects reflects the spirit of your soul, at least the, the most for right now, where you're at right now, which archetype would this be? I'd say the scribe scribe tell us about the scribe
1: well the scribe is the one who's like listening to all of the muses chat and is, she's just like taking it all in and like writing it down and listening more and like kind of like joking around she's the she's the like the the bard
0: she's the bard she's the bard scribe I love that. When you texted me the other day and you, were, you said something like, I'm listening, the muses are something circling around and I'm listening to them. And I was like, first off, I just was like, what? And I was like, oh, <laughs> the muses, she's listening to them. They're all around. And then I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute. Uh-huh. I was like, I really like this girl. She's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like this language is the best I
1: couldn't stop I couldn't <laughs> stop what I was doing
0: <laughs> I, I, I totally get it I have these moments as well I just didn't phrase it like that and now I'm totally gonna see it that way it's much more magical mm-hmm. what's the best investment you've made in 2019 under $10,000 um,
1: <laughs> uh, probably train like going to train in New Mexico Was the best investment I made. Um, I I did two trainings in New Mexico with someone that I study with on human development, and that was easily the best investment I made. Mm,
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting. This this sounds mysterious. Yeah. (laughs) Human Um, development, huh?
1: Uh huh. Yeah. How do we? How do we? What is? What's possible in as a human being? um, How do we unfold the gift of who we are?
0: Mm, Beautiful. I'm very interested, but I'll, I'll move on. Um, favorite place for you to sing.
1: Mm, Caves underneath waterfalls. Yeah.
0: What's the color that lights your heart up the most right now? Sapphire. Mm. So besides you mentioned the optimized woman, besides that book, what is another must, must read book? Everyone's got to get it. Mm, the smell of rain on dust
1: by Martin Purchell.
0: Is it poetry?
1: It's I, you can call it poetry. It's it's muse. It's prolific musings and speaking about the power of grief and mourning and, as praise for life. And he is absolutely a poet. And so it is a, a wash of. Um, Virtuosic language that is extremely beautiful and enriching.
0: When I get married one day, if and when, will you sing at my reception? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Glad we got that out of the way. Um, Final question Who would you say is one of your most significant mentors or teachers?
1: Gosh, there's so many. I've been really blessed with incredible mentors and muses in my life. Um, I'll mention my friend, Laura Layla, who has been in my team for the last 10 years. And we actually just created a class together. Uh, called Honoring the Losses of the Womb, where she got to share her wisdom and hold ceremonial space for women who'd experienced um, any kind of loss of the womb, miscarriage, um, loss of innocence, just like loss of child. And she has been a profound influence and mentor and friend to me. And I've learned so much about how to be with my woman self uh, through her holding and knowledge. So I'll I'll share her. She's an incredible leader. um, And... uh, alchemist
0: and i love her i love i love that you just mentioned your friend as your teacher and mentor i think that's those are the best friends Mm -hmm. the ones we see in those lights maria thank you so much for coming on in the podcast you are doing significant work in this world Mm -hmm. and i am so excited for my audience to to know about your music now it's gonna Mm. it's gonna impact them tenfold
1: My pleasure. It's been so fun to connect with you and hang out with you today. Thank you again for inviting me and to everyone who's listening. Um, I love you all so much. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. And I look forward to weaving together at some point down the line.